Alright, I'm good to go. Cool. Uh, how do we start this one off? Peacemaker. Do you really want to do, you really want to do? I was going to do, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is not the Nerd World Order broadcast. I'm the man that you call Steven, and to my right, here comes the... <laughs> is that when Gabe goes, Gabe, you go. Oh, it's a metaphysical right. You. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Gabe. Say hi, Gabe. I'm low energy. I'm sorry. Hey, what's up? And to my uh, my other other right, coming in at 178 adamantium filled pounds, <laughs> Alfonso the X Men Flores. What's happening, bro? <laughs> and joining us today is the Nerd World Order. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? I stole all of that from the man that we all lovingly call. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? I am the man that you call Dupes. Yes. Uh, it just so happens that that happens to be my mom and my dad's last name, so it's not really that creative uh it's great to be back love being on the cult popcast yes i got it right joe it's the cult <laughs> popcast because i'm staring at it on the screen um, <laughs> it's great to be back i uh, love hanging out with you guys and to my other 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 right we cannot forget here comes the the originator booyah what's up it's your boy joe come full circle we got joe it's 360 degrees. I had to do it. I had to try to makeshift <laughs> our own stealing. But no, that's how they intro their podcast, the Nerd World Order broadcast. You guys should check it out. One of my favorite recent episodes, because I've been listening to every single one, was one that involved Derek Murray, who's a writer. In that episode, it was like episode 30 or 31, I think. Right, guys? Sounds right to me. And uh, they compared and contrasted based off of an article that Derek wrote, really intelligent dude, but they compared and contrasted the book of Boba Fett and the show that we're doing today called Peacemaker that came out on HBO Max. The conversation was specifically centering around um, spinoff characters and how different things that have happened in spinoff characters from things that we already knew, previous IPs, and if those things should be made into their own platforms and their own intellectual properties, or if they should just stay spinoff characters. And it was a really interesting conversation. And I thought, hey, man, we got to have these guys on to sort of talk about Peacemaker. We could talk about Boba Fett a little bit, too, if you guys want. But I I think it might be a waste of our time. We're kind of fed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Boba Fett's a spinoff <laughs> character, obviously, from Star Wars. And then he just had his own show recently. And then Peacemaker is a spinoff from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And he's played by John Cena. Man, if there was one character in The Suicide Squad, I didn't think should have a spin-off show it was peacemaker i don't i didn't care at all about john cena i didn't care about that character and i think that opens up this conversation because this show from the beginning made you care about that character and the discussion i think should be kind of centered around why it was pretty amazing what did you all think well alan knows i'm not that much of a john cena fan and I didn't really care too much for him in the wrestling. And like you said, the Suicide Squad, when he was in it, I really cared too much for him. He had one bright moment when he was talking to, I don't know, Deadshot, Bloodshot, Hellspot. I don't know. They're all the same last name with some shot in it. But we had that scene where they're in the jungle and he was like, you show off or something. And he says, if you're that MFR, I thought that was kind of funny. But I wasn't that excited for that character. But anything with James Gunn is usually pretty good. And so I was kind of looking forward to watching it just because it was made by James Gunn. 
Totally. I have to fall in line with what Joe said in this occasion. <laughs> the anticipation wasn't there uh, for Peacemaker. It's one of those things where I'll be a spoiler. You know, he wakes up at the end of The Suicide Squad and you're like, oh, man, what are they going to do with this guy? <laughs> and you're just completely disappointed. You wanted something better. You wanted something that was going to transition into a character you cared about. And I think for me, the only reason that I watched the show was because of James Gunn. Mm -hmm. But clearly it was a pleasant surprise. To quote myself, it's uh, something we never <laughs> knew we needed and mm -hmm. something that we never wanted. You know, we nobody was interested in it. Like he was, he was fine. Yeah, <laughs> he had some funny shining moments in the Suicide Squad. You think he's going to be able to, you know, be somebody who's going to be able to hold his own show? No way, dude. He was, you know, he was just like a one note character. He basically like fart jokes, you know. Mm. But he, uh, there was a lot of depth in his character that I was not expecting, and a lot of growth. It was very impressive. I agree. I think under any other circumstances, this show would have just flopped or just drifted into obscurity. But James Gunn and the freedom that HBO gave him to do something unique and special is what made it so good. Yeah, that's really interesting because I do think there's something to be said about... Because it wasn't just Peacemaker, the character. Every single side character or, or a co-starring character in that show was also equally as compelling and had their own storyline, you know, where the characters started in one place and then ended up in another place, like hopefully a better place or dead by the end of the show. A lot of and, dead. Yeah. Lot, lots of dead. But I found that to be fascinating as well. Cause it's, it really just comes down to the writing and the story. And <laughs> this is a, a nothing DC character. I didn't even know who this was, you know, when I, watch the suicide squad i never read about peacemaker in the comics i you know he's not your batman superman wonder woman Aquaman, aquaman green lantern yeah he's he's not that but the writing was so good the show was so well made from a technical standpoint that it made it, it kind of forced you in a way to to care about the character via a filmmaking feat and how uh, the writing just and all the elements came together to kind of play with the emotions of the audience to to get you to care. And that is something that's really unique. And I, I'm not classically a James Gunn fan, so I was exceptionally impressed by this show because I think, in my opinion, it's, it's my favorite thing James Gunn has ever done. And yeah, I, I couldn't say enough good things about it. I think anyone should check it out as long as they have the tolerance for sensationalism uh and, and it's crazy and yeah a lot of uh of obscure obscurity <laughs> yeah well that's where james gunn thrives is in both those things the obscure yeah. character and the and the references to like mm -hmm. everything from glam metal to all that insane to berenstain bears yeah, exactly. Yeah. He loves Berenstein. being... Berenstein. Is it Berenstein? It's Berenstein. <laughs> Is it a Berenstein? I'm in children's bookstores quite often. I, I have looked. Because he has <laughs> yeah. Humble brag. Go ahead. But yeah, I think James Gunn has said that he loves starting from ground zero there because yeah. it gives him a lot of freedom to tell whatever stories he can. Yeah, and I think that shows here. The freedom really comes into play. I do wonder how Guardians 3 is going to end up, but that's a whole other topic. His musical choices are like a character amongst themselves, you know? Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, he, he does so much with that. And another thing about Peacemaker or, or John Cena, it's like you got this meathead from uh, the Suicide Squad, muscle bound jerk, and they just show how much heart this guy truly has. Yeah, and so blown away by that. He made you care for a bald eagle. <laughs> scavenging. Yep. Do you guys have any favorite uh, side characters or, or uh, the background characters? You got Harcourt. Vigilante. Oh, sorry. Die Beard. Die Beard. John Economos. Vigilante. Yeah. Economos. Judo Mask. And then Abadio. Yeah. And she, I think I loved her character a lot. She was, she was like the heart of the show. I mean, even though Peacemaker himself, John Cena, was the heart of the show. He was like, I, the this muscle. show made me care about John Cena. That's how good it was. I, I didn't mm-hmm. care at all about John Cena. And now I'm like, I want to see him in everything. Like, I want to see him in more things than I want to see The Rock in, you know? You can see him. <laughs> he was good. As far as the uh, side characters, the background characters go, Vigilante, in my opinion, stole the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he was. Similar to Cena in the sense that he's this tough, kill everybody sort of character. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the show, you see a lot more. Uh, I I remember reading the Vigilante comic book when I was a kid. And it was just, it was a Punisher ripoff. And if if they would have kept that same uh, motif of just, hey, I'm this badass and I'm shooting guns and I'm killing everybody. But that's him, but he's completely goofy, mm-hmm. uh, w- which I really love. So, and then also you have the version of Vigilante and Arrow, which I believe Joe pointed out in a previous podcast. It's not the same actor, which is just. Boom. They just had, they, they had a version of their Vigilante, but he was like, a, he was a Prometheus. So I stopped watching after I think like four or five. I don't remember him at all. Yeah, it, it, I think I can't remember if it was four or five. Yeah, but he, he was Prometheus and he was like trying to kill like Arrow. Totally different. Okay. So Vigilante, definitely uh, the best, funnest portrayal of Vigilante that I've ever seen. I love that they made him. What is it like emotionally inept or slightly, slightly uh, on the spectrum or something? Where he he didn't <laughs> understand like emotional. I don't know, just humanity or just emotions in general. He's just psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> but it, in my opinion, it was excellent writing because there were moments when, you know, everyone, including you as the audience, understood what was happening. And then he says something and you're just like, what? And then you're just, you're like, oh, yeah, he doesn't understand what it means to cry or, you know, anything like that. So, well, he did have one emotion. He just wanted to be the best friend. True. Yeah, you had a mm-hmm. twisted sense of there, like there was a uh, like a morality there, but it was all twisted up. Yeah, and it kind of provided a nice backboard for John Cena mm-hmm. to play off of, because mm-hmm. all these characters are crazy in their own ways. Yeah, especially John Cena. But when you have someone like Vigilante in this show who just goes the extra mile to be kind of kooky, it makes it gives like Peacemaker a chance to be the straight man, which mm-hmm. is funny. Yeah, Joe, did you agree with Vigilante, or did you like any of the other characters? Yeah, I'm, again. This twice we're agreeing with each other. Um, <laughs> this is weird. Pretty much Vigilante I liked as well. I liked yeah. how if he doesn't write him the way he is, like you guys have pointed out, like the kind of childish mentality and not understanding things as to why he does things, mm-hmm. the comparison would be he's just like Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about it was James Gunn was like, nah, this isn't Deadpool, this is Vigilante, it's something new. Mm-hmm. And to piggyback on what you guys said, like he's not emotionally there, but he was there when John Zena couldn't um, kill the kids. And to Alfie's point, it's like, hey, I'm the best friend. I'll do it for you. I got you. So like in some things, he does 
understand the importance of things, and then mm-hmm. other times he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it, it almost makes you think like, hmm, is he just doing that on purpose and playing stupid, or is he actually kind of stupid? Yeah. And that... <laughs> it always keeps you guessing. It does. Right. Yeah. I feel that way a lot about James Gunn's writing in general. Like, because uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, is that a vigilante thing, or is that like uh, some sometimes James Gunn gets you... He like sneaks up behind you with like a, a little knife or something, mm-hmm. a proverbial right quip. But that's and, that's what he's good at. He'll take like characters nobody cares about, yeah, and then he'll he'll make you care about them. Like when I used to play basketball with my homie Kareem, whenever we lose, he'd always play with the winning team. Mm-hmm. They're like, "We have one more. Do you want to play?" I was like, "No, I want to beat you. I don't want to play with you guys <laughs> that beat me. I want to beat them." Yeah. So my goal was to play with four other people that I didn't know that wasn't as good as me to win yeah. the game. And I think that's how James Gunn does when he takes these characters, where he wants to not, not take the characters that everybody loves and make you love them. And I think that's a challenge for any movie that he does. Because Alan has said it before. We have all said this. We didn't care about Guardians of the Galaxy, but he made us care. Yeah. We didn't care about the Suicide Squads, and he made us care. We didn't care about Peacemaker, and he made us care. And that's that's one of the reasons why I like James Gunn, because he'll totally change the way I think about certain characters that I, I, don't, I really don't care about. Sure. Yeah, even the regular people in this show, like Economos, for instance, Diebeard, had that great, yeah. great little come to Jesus moment in the last episode mm-hmm. where he's talking about his whole thing, his whole self-image thing, yeah. and, and that like, was uh, when, I don't think you've ever yeah, he's talking about his beard, and and everyone's mm-hmm. just listening to him kind of pour his heart out to these aliens, mm-hmm. and the aliens just let him go too. It's such a great <laughs> moment. I can't believe that worked. <laughs> yeah, and that that's a great chance to say like. James Gunn, not only with his characters and the very fancy surprise you style of writing, he he plays with tropes a lot, and he's mm-hmm. constantly subverting your expectations in a in a way that feels good, mm-hmm. not in like a Game of Thrones kind mm-hmm. of way yeah. where it feels like everything just kind of fell flat at the end. Yeah, that's true. There's so much that happens that's so unexpected. Like at the this is huge spoiler territory, but at the end when one of the butterflies, the, the the main one is talking to John Cena and explaining the whole thing to him. And he's like, you're going to join us. And then all of a sudden he's just like, instead of joining them, because it's a huge sympathetic angle. And, and you're like, yeah, he's yeah. going to turn here and mm-hmm. it's going to set up season two or something. But instead yeah. he just kills it. <laughs> and then this mm-hmm. moves on <laughs> mm-hmm. it, like that subversion plays really heavily in almost every episode, not every scene, but a lot of scenes, you know, and, and he's really good at writing he really knows filmmaking, I think, and, and it really shows here in this show. Do either of you guys, Gabe and Alf, do you have a favorite side character besides Vigilante? I got one more thing to say about Vigilante, and then I'll, I'll tell you about some. Right, but okay. the last thing about him is, like, I don't know about you guys, but I like the way James Gunn's able to take an adult and bring out that that childish nature. Kind of like, that's kind of person I am, you know? Mm. I have a lot of fun no matter what. You know, you give me a bunch of guns, some grenades, and some broken down cars <laughs> in the middle of the forest, I'm blowing them up, and it's going to be fun yeah and that was such a blast to see somebody have yeah. that that kind of time because that's totally what i would do totally. but um yeah even though vigilante was probably my favorite secondary character i do want to touch base on judo master you know yes. little guy sitting there eating his hot cheetos <laughs> licking his fingers and refusing to die because <laughs> he could like move his internal organs to make sure that he- <laughs> i love him he was great yeah he was able to hold his own against a guy who was easily what two feet taller than him yeah yeah he he got shot like multiple times <laughs> and still came around and he was he was just a guy uh-huh. <laughs> he was black chrysanthemum's leg you know <laughs> 
Oh, no. All of a sudden, it's good. Next thing you know, it's down. Outside of the main cast, I really like that one dude they had who came in initially as like the government agent to help Mern uh, handle the team. Like he was the plant they put in the police, sure. yeah, uh, office to work. Like and give them the intel. Twin Peaks looking dude. Yeah. Okay. And then he became <laughs> one of the uh, insectoids later yeah, on. Yeah. But he was such a, f- a weird guy. Yeah. I loved everything he did. Like when he was. He did the, what was that one bit about the Hamburglar or something? Oh, yeah. Or when they, they were, one of the outtakes at the ends of the episode was him out in the woods just like screaming out into the <laughs> into the woods and it was so oh, weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember that? That was hilarious. <laughs> I can't even remember what the context was, but little, little characters like that yeah. really give texture to the show. Sure, sure. Oh, you know, I want to mention too the, the female FBI agent where she was like, no, no, that translates to a donkey took a crap on my head. Dude, that, that character was good. <laughs> she was funny. Yeah. Uh, so Robert Patrick is in this show as well. Have you seen this boy? And if you don't know who Robert Patrick is, I think was introduced to the world in a, in a majority sense from Terminator 2. He played the liquid goo Terminator hunting down Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then I know him... Uh, most intimately from seasons eight and nine of X-Files, John Doggett. John Doggett. That's his name in the show. Uh, and then he's been in a million other things. Gabe, you want to talk about one thing you remember him from? Yeah, I mean, it's not really like I know very much about. <laughs> he was in. He was opposite John Cena in a movie called The Marine, I think. Oh, so they worked together before. Yeah, like 15 years ago when John Cena was just starting to do movies. Was he his dad? No, I think he was the villain. It was a similar situation, just he wasn't his dad. He was the villain and his dad. Sometimes dads can be villains. Oftentimes they are. Yeah. But. And who was he in the show? He is John, John Cena's, or Peacemaker's dad. Also known as, was it Augie Smith was his name? I was going to say the the white devil or the red dragon. The white dragon. Yeah, like the, the grand dragon. dragon. The KKK. Did not expect the KKK in the show. No, <laughs> that was that was awesome. Just to see, like, yeah, go down. <laughs> yeah, to completely blown up the KKK. And he was like a master yeah. techie smith. He could like build anything. He was racist Iron Man. Yeah, and he had a pocket dimension. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did have a pocket dimension <laughs> in his house. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that was crazy. But too. I'm curious if you guys, what did you guys think about Robert Patrick and the character that he played? Because he definitely. Apart from everything else that was going on, he was this like left hook, you know, that came out of nowhere as a huge element, not only to the the progression of John Cena's character as Peacemaker's character, but you know, also the whole you know the whole racism kind of social commentary aspect that they threw into the show. Curious if you guys had anything to add to that. It was an excellent way to reimagine a character. My understanding is the original version of the Peacemaker. His father was a Nazi. Mm. Obviously, given the uh, you know the chronology, that wouldn't work. Therefore, making his father a neo-Nazi fit perfectly. It <laughs> yeah. was just a really good use of the character. Um, as far as the character himself goes, they did a lot more with him than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kept developing like, okay, now he's got this suit. He's a neo-Nazi. He goes into the jail and everyone's falling in line behind him. It's just things they did with him I really didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And then the way that he affected John Cena as a child and as despicable as he was throughout the entire, just the entire length of the show, 
Robert Patrick did an awesome job, and they did an awesome job writing him. The way he looked, too. I mean, I mean, not not in the suit, but Robert Patrick either is looking old. The last time that I saw him, I was like, he didn't look that old. Like, I think they <laughs> they did his hair in that in a way, like yeah, yeah, to make him. But no, I'd have to agree. And even after he died, he continued to show up. Yeah. As uh, it's yeah. like the te- the tease if they because they, they another season is announced you know for season two and it seems like they might bring him back to be like I equated it to like Dexter and how he's like constantly talking to his dad the whole time I think it might be like that a little bit like he he's got to get over some other demons like Qui Gon's ghost <laughs> yeah that will hopefully show up in the new Obi Wan series hopefully I found a strange familiar familiarity if I can say the word familiarity with the cold disconnect mm-hmm. to his son um there was the relationship was just like you know you're there and that's about it and then later on how revered and how much personality he had with other people it was it was interesting to me because you know there was a time that i i you know felt the same way about my dad and it was like wow that hit hard yeah and then you know of course just, you know, for the purpose of everything, my dad and I, we healed our relationship. But to see that, oh, man, it just brought back. I could feel John Cena's pain. You know, it was, it was, I love a show or a movie that can instill emotion in me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why I kind of stay away from horror movies because I'm very uh, em- empathic. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I put myself in that person's shoes and it's like fear is too much sometimes. But in this show, it was just like, wow, you know. It just really pulled on the heartstrings with the the dad and the son's relationship. Yeah, yeah. I kept wondering if there was going to be some resolution. Yeah. Up until the moment that John Cena literally just, literally just shoots him in the face, <laughs> they really did push the boundaries of what is uh, kind of acceptable on television these days in terms of like yes, not just subject matter, but or like in in violence and gore, but also like a lot of times they were saying words I hadn't heard on television in a while. It was crazy. Yeah, and then the added <laughs> element of of his brother and like losing his brother accidentally oh. killing him. I mean, his dad, like forcing him to fight kind of like dogs or something in a, in a pit and then him accidentally killing his brother and having that guilt. And then, and then the added guilt that his dad's putting on him can, can break a man can break a man could down. Even break John Cena mm-hmm. could even break. Yeah. Peacemaker. He hides his films behind his muscles. Yeah. And his jokes. <laughs> True. And his love for glam metal. He's basically James Gunn. Here's the thing, too. Do you remember, like, uh, the, the the very first episode? I don't remember the, the janitor's name. But you remember he was like, oh, yeah, you're the racist, dude. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yeah, you only you kill everybody other than white people. And he was <laughs> like, well, how can I fix that? Kill other people that aren't white people? And then they become kind of like good friends. Yeah. Now, when you say something like that and... Not that many people know that much of his character because they probably never read him from the comics. Mm. But one would watch and be like, hmm, I wonder if he's racist, right? Mm-hmm. Just like his dad because, you know, that's how racism starts. It's it's taught. You don't mm-hmm. just grow up being a racist. It's something that's taught. Mm-hmm. So you kind of needed the dad in there, you know, to, to push him. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to say the moment when he killed his dad was a way of saying he's not like his dad for one and he's not racist like his dad as well. Mm-hmm. And the closing is when he becomes best friends with, I cannot get her name. I'm, I'm like you, Gabe. I cannot remember or pronounce names, but I'll just say Amanda <laughs> Waller's daughter. Yeah. They become like really good. Abadayo, yeah. Abadayo. They become really good friends. And you can see, 
you know, the bridge from where he grew up, you know, like in a racism environment to his best friend being a black woman. I, dude, I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. That's that, a really good point. Yeah, that actually just reminded me how in terms of like the commentary, the whole, there was like obviously the racism stuff, but even just specifically uh, Peacemaker's journey with like how he treats women in the show. Mm. Complete yeah, is, there's a complete journey mm-hmm. there, not just with like Abadayo, yeah. but also with Harcourt yeah. and like the weird kind of evolution of their romantic uh, relationship towards the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, there was a huge, like John Cena's learning the subtleties of being like a good versus a bad person and how sometimes <laughs> racism and like sexism, yeah. you might not think you are these things, but you are like subconsciously and or unconsciously like this person and yeah. how the steps you can take to sort of try to resolve that. I don't know. It was really f- interesting to watch John Cena grow. Yeah. I agree. Honestly, I, I didn't even think about that, Joe. That was such a good point. Like I could, I could, I could sit and ponder that for many minutes. That's <laughs> um, what you do now. Like when you have podcasts, all you ever do is watch, and you're thinking about the stuffs going on. And yeah, what you want to talk about, and it opens up new avenues. Totally. My daughter was just marveling at the fact that. I took notes when I watched the Batman. She's like, you took notes? <laughs> I don't want to forget that. Good content has that deeper layer, that level totally. that makes you think underneath all the, the, the glitz and the glam. Yeah. Oh, honestly, too, I, I want you, I want the world to know. Like, you know, I've always loved movies. I've been a connoisseur of movies, TV, anything pulp, right? Any pulp fiction. And listening to the pulp, the cult podcast <laughs> actually it's it's caused me to evolve right I, I look at things in a different light i try to see undertones that i didn't know were there before mm-hmm. or i just took for granted you know and you guys you made me smarter i mean i may not sound it but i definitely <laughs> smarter well that is that's extremely kind and uh i mean i i don't i don't uh, thank you that's nice that's nice that's nice to say thank you al <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what else. It's all Gabe. It's all Gabe. No, it's not really at it all. It is. But thank you. It's James Gunn. There you go. <laughs> Let's pass the buck until uh, I can push my emotions down further. Uh, but yeah, really good. That was, that was really unexpected. We get we get deep here on the cult podcast sometimes. <laughs> Once in a while. Yeah. The last talking point that I thought was interesting, another spoiler warning here. The Justice League cameo. (laughs) (laughs) What? Four of them, right? Two plus two? You know? Two silhouettes and two actual Justice League members. (laughs) I really expected everything just to be in the shadows. Yeah. You know, but when they stepped into the light, the two that did, (laughs) I'll let you go with that. (laughs) Who were they? I mean, as we've discussed, this show mattered. It stood on its own two feet the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like bringing that cameo in or those cameos in like made it really matter. Like, like it pushed it like over the edge. It's like this thing, this thing fits in whatever DC cinematic universe extended shit that they're doing. Like it, like it kind of fits now within that somewhere in the amalgamation. It, it, you know, it fits and it matters. And it's not just alone over here on HBO max. It's, it's, it fits into the larger world and, it was funny to see those characters as well, but is it too early to get excited for Warner brothers potentially finding their footing? And, uh, <laughs> I don't, it's really strange. I mean, I was, I, okay. So at this point in our podcast, this episode will be released between the book of Boba Fett and then the Batman. 
But we already have seen the Batman, mm-hmm. and we've seen Joker, and we've seen the Suicide Squad, all of which, in my opinion, have been really pretty good movies. And it seems like Warner Brothers, and I was, I was telling this to Gabe, I think, on Friday, it's almost like they're like, well, we can't lose any more than we already have. We should just let the the auteur filmmakers just do whatever they want and make like artsy superhero films and it's working, you know? Yep. And I hope I hope it keeps going that way, but it is for me to really to get excited. I cuz I I have no more hope. <laughs> I've been pushed down. You have to find your hope, Steven. <laughs> you know why they're kind of successful as well is they're starting on their own merit. They're not trying to yeah. Put all these like with the Justice League. The biggest fail that they've ever done was to hurry up and just force that Justice League to happen instead of doing what they did, what Marvel was doing. And it seems like that's kind of what they're doing now. But if you think about it, like the Joker's in this separate entity as well as this Batman, mm-hmm. the Suicide Squads, it's all different. Yeah. Even though, like, and it, from what I'm hearing too, like I don't know if they're going to change it, but the Peacemaker was supposed to happen after Flashpoint. Oh, really? So. With the Justice League coming down, I can't remember. Was Aquaman wearing his old uniform? I don't yeah, know. You got me there. That's a good question. You know what I mean? I kept so like it looked like they're the old one. So I'm like, so is it really after or is it before? Mm-hmm. Because this new Flashpoint is supposed to erase everything. There's no more Batman other than Michael Keaton. There's mm-hmm. no Batflack. There's no Superman. It's going to be a Batwoman. It's going to be a Superwoman mm-hmm. or a Supergirl now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And that is <laughs> the problem. We're getting excited over the Batman, which is, in my opinion, not part of the DCEU. Mm. Uh, yeah. Let's call it the DC multiverse, because that <laughs> yeah. really that really defines it. To me, the DCEU is the Justice League and the Justice League spinoff movies. I think the worst thing that could happen to the Peacemaker is attaching itself to the trash that is the DCEU. The only <laughs> two... Okay, we have Shazam, you know, the greatest movie ever made. Uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> far from it. Uh, I'm sorry, the greatest DC movie ever made. Shazam is really good. Me. It's a great film. <laughs> far from it. I loved it. So we have Shazam, uh, and then we have Aquaman, which was bearable. But other than that, if you really think about it, the DCEU is just comprised of a lot of formulaic, forced together trash. And James Gunn has done a phenomenal job of moving away from those formulas. Uh, with the Suicide Squad and also with, obviously, the Peacemaker. And that's why the Batman and that's why the Joker were both successful because they don't follow the DCEU formula. Mm -hmm. Attaching to that formula, unfortunately, drags down any possibility that Peacemaker has. (laughs) I mean, I I agree with you. That's that's what I was trying to say is, is like, it's almost like Warner Brothers has nothing left to lose, so they're letting good filmmakers just do whatever they want. And regardless of whether it's attached to the DCEU, that's why they might be better than... But I do wonder if they're going to bring Pattinson into Flashpoint. He could show up, you know? He could, but I doubt it. I think Matt Reeves is saying he really wants to create like a Bat universe. So he's not so much big on like trying to bring his Batman into a Justice League movie or any other side projects, but to create like a Bat universe, which I'm, I'm okay with. Because sure. you, you create a lot, you can you can still do a multiverse in DC, which they haven't done yet. Well, haven't they announced like a, a Catwoman show on HBO Max and the GCPD show, and I think a Penguin yeah. show? They did. Yeah. I and also, um, uh, Asylum, 
Arkham Asylum series as well. I hope if half of those don't go past the pilot episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. But you could do a lot because it looks like they're learning from with using HBO Max with Disney. So they're doing the Penguin show to to show how he came into power. Hmm. And so you could do that in a TV series as opposed to trying to do a Penguin movie. So if he did do like another Batman movie with Penguin in it, he's already in power. Interesting. It sounds awful. It sounds <laughs> absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. How many spinoffs can you get off of one movie? I've heard Catwoman. I've heard mm-hmm. Gotham City PD. I've heard Penguin. <laughs> and the movie's only been out, what, five days? Yeah. Man, it's it's like they take one good thing like, wow, this, this looks really good. Let's suck the life out of it mm-hmm. and siphon every last concept we can out of this movie that people actually enjoyed. Well, that's what Warner Brothers does. Yeah. A lot of what we're talking about, Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Warner Brothers is probably going like this. Hmm. If we could do it with Peacemaker, I wonder if we could do it with like the stuff from Batman. I know they're filming Green Lantern right now in L.A. What? Oh, uh, really? They're filming... Green Lantern uh, Core, the show. It's going to be on HBO Max. Yeah. Really? Corpse? The only way that'd be dope was if they make Jon Stewart in it. I think they are. I think they're focusing yeah. on Jon and Guy, Guy Gardner. Yeah. I was going to say Kyle Rayner, who's my favorite Green Lantern, but. Yeah, it's, Kyle Rayner was good too. It's going to be it's gonna be Jon and Guy Gardner, I think. In the, in the core, so they're going to have, you know, a bunch of other alien Green Lanterns as well. Who's doing that? I don't know. But my friend was, uh, he works in the industry and he was saying he was supplying stuff for that show. So I thought they put it on hold because it was like they're doing it, they're not doing it. It's happening. Well, any final thoughts on Peacemaker? It's dope. It, yeah. It, pleasant Ooh. surprise. Looking forward to season two. Yeah. I same Where do they go from here? And is Goth going to be alive? They killed the cow. Well, Goth is alive at the end, but, you know, food yeah, source is yeah. very limited. That's what I mean. Yeah. True. I feel like starting with the butterfly stuff, they could go anywhere. They could just completely, you know, drop that and do a whole nother new story or they could continue mm-hmm. that. Well, you got the Amanda Waller thing too. Cause you know, she just got outed. Yeah. She's back for blood. Yeah. Hey, I have a question for you guys with the knowledge that was given as far as the butterflies are putting people in specific places mm. to help improve the earth, to make the earth live longer. What was the right decision? Mm. That's Great. a total Great question. moral dilemma. I don't want to be the provocateur here, but it sounded like <laughs> they, they had a good, you know, thing going. Because it is, I mean, you know, like humanity is kind of destroying itself and it's the planet. Easy. We should just kill humanity. <laughs> give it over. I, we had a good run. Pass it on to the butterflies, right? Give them, give them a shot. And the cow. Um plug can you plug your guys's podcast and what you guys do anyone alfonso i'll let you take it all right so the nerd world order broadcast it's been it was what out for 20 episodes and one day they're like hey alfie why don't you join the show so i joined the show and we're uh we're doing it weekly now and it's it's been awesome i, I love it I've, I've listened to every single episode i've also listened to every single episode of the cult podcast and That's it's just true. an honor and a pleasure to be aboard with both of these um nerd world order broadcasts uh we've got a tiktok we've got a facebook we've got we've got um instagram we're everywhere so just search i m n w o capital i a m n w o and you can find us at any platform true wicked well said oh booyah uncanny x memes on instagram 
Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm a big X-Men nerd as, you know, as the X-Men. Yeah. I uh, create many a meme and, you know, always hashtag I am NWO because they're my boys. Uncanny X memes. <laughs> Uncanny underscore X underscore memes. Whenever I finally post to Instagram the behind the scenes pictures of Peacemaker, I'll tag that. Yeah. You got to yeah. remind me. Nice. But here is, uh, gosh, I guess the, Gotta the, play the, intro. the theme song. Yeah, the intro song. How, how rad was that intro? <laughs> it's really good. Anybody do the dance yet? No. Does anyone know the actual name of the band or the song? Yeah, Wigwam. It's like uh, 2012, right? 2011? I heard that they... Really? they uh, it's not that old. ...have had like an insurmountable amount of success from this show and like people going and finding that song. The plays on Spotify and downloads and stuff. I've just been cool. insane. Do you want to taste it? Do you, really want to, do you really want to taste it? Yeah, it's always in my head now. It's very good. <laughs> James Gunn uh, knows what he's doing. Appar- yeah, he apparently. I'm into glam metal now. I <laughs> did not expect that. I'm going to grow my hair out and get a perm. <laughs> There's no wrong time to rock, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> no wrong time to rock. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Let's rock. Let's rock.